0: Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. Hello, my dear, and welcome to the first episode back for 2021. I hope that you had a Merry Christmas and I hope that you had a Happy New Year. I know that Christmas and New Year's perhaps looked a bit different for um, many of us this year because of what's going on with COVID 19. So I just hope that you had some quality family time. I hope mostly that you are safe and that you are well. And I just want you to know that I'm here for you and this is going to be a year in which you have somebody to turn to when you're going through some challenges. So, happy new year, and yeah, let's let's just work through those challenges together. Just a caution. If you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. By the way, I just wanted to compliment
1: you. You really have such a beautiful smile.
0: (laughs) Thank you very, very much for saying that. A person's smile
1: says so much about where their, you know, where their persona lies and it really kind of exudes joy for you. I see it Aww,
0: that's a lovely thing for you to say thank you um one of the things that I, intrigued me about you too is in your uh, description your you describe yourself as a, a faith-based singing life coach and I love singing too just to let you know so um I think that's lovely that you're you've added that Element of who you are into your description—it's really, really lovely.
1: Yeah, so I will warn you. Um, a couple of songs might come out.
0: <laughs> it, yeah, well, the, it'll make it all the more entertaining. So, yeah, feel free to express yourself however you know you feel you would like to. Okay. Thank you. All right. Okay. And are you ready for me to yes. yeah, get started? All right. Fantastic. On today's show, I have Heidi Carlson of Survivor Coaching. She is a faith-based singing life coach. She has been in family court litigation over the past 11 years. She has spent over 140 years $1000 and experienced over 70 motion hearings fighting for custody now she helps women reduce their legal fees and helps them to get a state of being free from their abuser one of the complex issues she is passionate in helping women with is working through custody battles with a narcissistic partner Hello, Heidi. Thank you so much for being on the show today. On today's interview, we will explore the complexities of navigating the legal system in relation to custody disputes, and we will hopefully shed some light on ways to work through the challenges women face during these times. I am so happy to have you on the podcast to speak about this important issue. I think a good place to start is with the question, can you tell us a bit about your your own journey and what led you to do the work you are doing now? Thank you
1: so much, Sandy, for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity to share my story. And, and uh, my prayer is and my hope is that it will have a big impact on others that may be going through a struggle right now or maybe thinking about it. So just to begin, uh, my story started in July of 2009, And I needed to file in an immediate um, order for protection for my children and myself, which then um, forced the trajectory of the uh, summons and petition for dissolution and divorce. Um, With that, there came a multitude of next steps and phases in my case. uh, One being that the police were involved, the child protection services were involved, And in the early neutral um, evaluation in front of the the initial judge, there was um, a guardian ad litem assigned to the case. A lot happened in the first 30 days that I did not expect, nor did I know what was gonna happen. I was in complete and utter shock. Um, At this point, I really didn't know where to turn, what to do. Um, and who to engage? In fact, I hired an attorney initially to uh, uh, submit my summons and petition. Quickly realizing that she was not going to be the attorney that was going to represent me through my case because she didn't support order for protections. So the night before the hearing, I needed to get a new attorney. And a friend recommended an attorney, and it was really the wrong attorney. It was more of a Barney, Barney Fife. Um, the gentleman did not understand what it means to be in in a situation where you're litigating against a a narcissistic person for custody. Um, There were a lot of elements that I wish I would have learned and and, or known about prior to going into hiring this attorney. Um, A lot has happened over the last years, Sandy. Where else would you like for me to to shed the light.
0: Well I think that you've just thank you firstly for for sharing all of that um, there were so many things that popped into my head as you were speaking and one of the things is that you you illustrated that there are many steps along the way and that uh, right from the get-go without any prior experience how are you to know who to turn to for help where to find the best support and you know how to get started with that process it's the whole judiciary system is is foreign to people until they are confronted with needing to use it and I I would just like to know how you felt about did you know what your rights were as you were going through that process or was that another learning curve for you as you were going through these stages and being faced with these different processes of the judiciary system, were you confounded about what your actual rights were?
1: What a great question, Sandy. And I think that really changed the trajectory of my case from the very beginning. Had I known what my rights were, uh, specifically in thinking about <clears throat> what my rights were in relation to meeting with the guardian at Lightem, I did not have an attorney present, and subsequently there were things that were said in a hearing with the guardian at Lightem that were not true.
0: Could I ask you what, I'm not familiar with that term or that role for that person. Could you just actually articulate what role that person plays?
1: Absolutely. Sandy, a garden at litem is a role that um, essentially is an attorney that is supposed to be representing uh, the best interest of the child. Um, It might be a role that's used predominantly in the United States and and maybe not globally, but it is really supposed to be a a person that is representing the best interest of the child um, when there's a a high conflict and a custody matter and potentially child protection services matter engaged. Um, But this person not necessarily doesn't doesn't have to be um, an actual lawyer. Um, they're just representing the child um, interest, if you will.
0: So, how did you feel about that person playing that role at that time, with you being the children's mother? I'm not. I'm sorry. I don't actually know if you've got one child or more than one child. But yeah, um, essentially, you understand what I'm asking.
1: <laughs> yes, Sandy. Um, I do have two children. They're twin daughters. Um, so, you know, I didn't learn until later what my rights actually were. And it was, um, too late at that point, what I needed to know it was too late. Um, and I really should have had an attorney present with any, uh, communication and correspondence with that guardian at light. and I didn't, and unfortunately there was a trajectory and a change in the case due to, due to that fact. Another thing I didn't know from a legal standpoint, um, but thankfully, I did set myself up uh, perfectly is I did not leave the home. Oftentimes, if the mother is being abused, and the father is the breadwinner, um, he forces her out uh, some way or another. And thankfully, I was able to stay in the family home. And then we were able to sell the home and then split that asset um, so that uh, there wasn't an advantage for him to stay in the home and take custody. That is a uh, critical, a very critical thing in the very beginning stages of a custody separation and a custody abuse. So that is something everybody needs to know is if you are the mother and you're being abused, you do not leave to need, need to leave the home.
0: Mm, mm. It's it's such a tricky thing. I remember in my own experience that. For a long time, we actually lost our home because of the neglect and the financial abuse that was going on. And um, I ended up then, you know, being a single mum in a very cheap rental property and um, and then he kept pushing his foot back in the door again wearing me down and then he'd be back out the door. And I, I felt as though it was reasonable for me to stay Stand my ground because I was the one who was able to provide the children with the stability that they needed and, um, and then over time um, things became progressively worse at, to a point where things became life-threatening for myself and my children and I realized at that point that as much as I wanted to have my right to stay and I wanted to have my right to for my children to continue on at their school and I wanted to have my right to continue on with my job that it once it became such a high safety risk for us that that was the time where I needed to say well out of necessity now I need to actually move away well away from this situation so I think that That, you know, like I always say to women that your safety is the most important thing to consider. And only, you know, that person can really know what their risks are in that situation. So I completely understand what you're saying because that's exactly what I felt I had a right to do and women do have a right to stay and they do have a right to stability and I understand that that gives them that foundation if they've got a roof over their heads to then be able to fight what they need to fight to give themselves the safe boundaries that they need and that their children need. So, I yeah, I really appreciate you, you saying that and I know that you will appreciate that it is a very, you know, individual um, case-by-case situation with women as to what their, their needs are and these things are never um, simple. They're always complex, aren't they?
1: Sandy. And you're absolutely right that each case is definitely different. Um, The advantage that I'm speaking of, if mothers do decide that, yes, I need to stay here and kind of, you know, buckle in and bear in on the foundation of the homestead. And um, there are things that they can do to protect themselves. um, If their life is at risk, Um, The only thing in the United States that I know of that does allow the police to take action is an order for protection. That means that the other party can no longer come onto the property. They can also no longer um, own a a gun or have access to a gun. Um, If they just have a, um, um, not an order for protection, if they just have like maybe a harassment order, an HRO, that means that it just means that they shouldn't harass them. Now police don't take action on that. So, um, and there's one critical thing that a mom needs to know that if you are feeling imminent danger and imminent fear, then you call 911 Mm. immediately and the police arrive. And that does um, allow you to have that documented and a report. And as I learned about my legal rights throughout the process, that documenting every step of the way really was so important. Um, And I have files and files and files of all the documentation of the, physical um, abuse
0: one of the things that i used to do too was to just say for instance that i was i would get abusive messages on my um, cell phone i would take screenshots of those things and keep them as record keeping or if there was a spate of phone calls um that i would also take screenshots of those things so any form of record keeping that you can make, which can be then used in a court of law to help support your case is just so, so critical and so important. I remember that feeling of feeling like it was a full-time job for me, just staying on top of all the record keeping and the reporting and, Um, everything that you needed to do to try and just keep a safe boundary around, around yourself. Do you, do you relate to that too, Heidi?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Later in the case that I was, um, I was involved in uh, we did get uh, a, the, the, a use of a tool called Our Family Wizard. So then we went from using the cell phone and personal email into a court documented type of email system that had that the guardian ad litem had access to and the parenting consultant had access to. So then I knew I felt a little more safe because the uh, language wasn't going to be as volatile and it was easily um, used for litigation, all the communication that was on there in terms of tracking their schedule and the, um, um, and the communication back and forth.
0: So is that something that is readily available?
1: Yes, it is.
0: Okay. So what I might do is include that information in the episode notes, if anyone would like to uh, tap into that as a resource. So Mm -hmm. that information will obviously be um, applicable to, uh the united states um but it may not be applicable in other countries or territories so but um it's definitely well worth mentioning a, a lot of the listeners come from america so i think it's um any any resources that you have like that you, that you're you would like to share it, you know is most welcome Hi, I just want to take a quick break and just ask you, are you ready to transform your life? So I'm not talking about being your fairy godmother, but I'm talking about being your support, your advocate, someone who's going to be in your corner to help you to go through that transformation. You are going to be your fairy godmother. You are going to create the change that needs to happen. And I am going to be there to help you every step of the way. So just get in touch if you're ready to transform your life. So what are some strategies to help women working through a process of legal custody dispute? Can you recommend?
1: Uh, Well, first of all, make sure that you have a really good attorney that understands, you know, uh, the, the other party. Um, If you're dealing with domestic violence and dealing with a narcissist, you need an attorney that understands uh, these two circumstances of these two facets of the case.
0: Can I just ask you, Heidi, with that, that point, um, how do you shop for an attorney essentially?
1: Yeah. Lots of research. Uh, lots of of interviews, and if an attorney is going to charge for an initial consultation, move on. I would just say, you know. That's
0: good advice. Yeah. Because attorneys that specialise in this area would understand that 99% of abused women are financially abused and um, that will definitely factor into the equation of their representation.
1: Yeah. And you know, what? I think that goes into Sandy, when you're thinking about women that have no resources, maybe they don't have resources they can think of right off the bat. But when somebody is going through a divorce and especially one where they're really being abused, people want to rally around, they want to help somebody. It's like having, you know, a tragic situation in your life that happens, maybe a child passes away or a sister or brother at an early age Um, People want to rally around that person and offer resources and help. Like, can we bring meals? What can we do? What can we offer you? That's the perfect time for you to say, actually, you can really help me. And that is some financial resources. Um, I had to um, get really, really creative with my financial needs with paying for my legal services. I had to get really, really creative in a lot of different ways.
0: Yeah, that's right. There is a there is a way through. It's it is very good to um, to accept support, as you say. And there are lots of charitable organisations as well, aren't there, to um, support women through that hard financial time. That if they understand that if you need resources for funding, um, you know, a litigation that you can access support with those sorts of things and feel quite okay about doing that because they're just helping to meet your basic needs. Yes,
1: yes. And one of those resources is uh, your church provide financial resources when you ask them.
0: Yeah, they churches are very good at helping in that sort of way. Absolutely. What tips have you got to help women deal with the stress of the legal process? which can often seem like you can't see a light at the end of the tunnel because these processes can be quite drawn out. They can um, There can be uh, many adjournments in things while you're waiting for the process to reach a conclusion. And with that comes a monumental amount of stress. So, you know, what sort of tips can you suggest to help women with that overwhelming stress that they're dealing with?
1: Yes. So the first thing is to know that if the communication is coming through on your phone, text message, uh, calling, the first thing I would do is stop all of that um, and ask that all communication go through an email. and, And then only check that email every 24 hours. So that, and also turn off any notifications. (laughs) Um, I find that if you're getting notifications, you're like constantly looking and what it does is it really, it trauma bonds you. Like you're waiting for the next time that they're going to scream at you. (laughs) Um, It's almost as if you kind of want it, but you don't obviously, you're just waiting and hoping that um, it's not uh, going to. So that first of all, Um, the second thing is Get a really good therapist. Um, it's really important and it's critical. This stuff is not easy at all. Um, and you really can't do it without um, getting off the trauma because it is trauma as if you were hit by a bus. This kind of trauma, if you hold it in and you don't use talk therapy, can really manifest themselves out into other health areas like severe depression. Um, you know, and, and a lot of different things where you're seeking um, love in a way that's not healthy, Mm. you know? So um, maybe you're seeking it through alcohol, stop any and all alcohol use at all. They're all depressants. Do not do any alcohol during it. You might want to feel a tendency to like, Hey, I just want to just calm my nerves, but it actually makes it worse.
0: (laughs) Sorry to interrupt you, Heidi. I think that is something i didn't expect that we'd talk about today but um yeah any sort of substance use is you can understand that um the need to have some form of escape but as you said it doesn't actually fix anything and it can compound those feelings of those depressive feelings that you're going through and um, yeah, it's much better to uh, find other, other ways uh, like tapping into counselling support to have that outlet that you really need because when, as you say, when you suppress all of those, those traumas and internalise everything, it will manifest itself in some way, whether that is psychologically or whether that is physically, can that make, actually make you physically sick um, when you're under yeah. that immense pressure. And those tips and strategies that you suggested were very, very helpful, I thought. So, yeah, thank you for... Well, I have one more? Yes, please.
1: Uh, the most important tip... Uh, and strategy is to learn where your strength comes from. For me, I actually uh, uh, just started to go to a different church, a church that was going to um, really uh, show me who the real Jesus Christ was. And I was in the thick of my divorce and custody battle. And I accepted Jesus Christ as my savior during that time. Uh, And I was baptized. I made the decision to follow Jesus, and I've never looked back. Um, That completely changed the trajectory of how I looked at every text message and email that came in initially, and every court hearing that I had to go in. I knew that I had an advocate. Whether I could see God or not, I knew that he was there. And back in the di- in the times that I didn't really seek after him, I knew he was there because of what I've learned in my journey. Um, so I'm walking by faith now when I accepted Jesus. And knowing that, um, did I have it all mapped out? No. Did I do it perfect? No. But I knew that um, if I continue to take one step at a time, uh, that actually gets me to a song. Do you mind if i sing it really quick go for it go one for step it. at a time sweet jesus one step at a time one step at a time sweet jesus one step at a time um i like singing that song because it's kind of peppy it gets you into a mood and it just made me think about back in those days because it was really really tough stuff when the guardian at Lightham was telling me if i don't comply that my kids are going to foster care you know that's like That's massive.
0: That is just absolutely massive to contend with that.
1: Yeah. So my Lord and savior came to save me when I needed to be saved. And that my lady is the final tip that I want to share with people. If you don't know Jesus, get to know Jesus. (laughs)
0: That's beautiful, beautiful, Heidi. Um, yeah, faith is very, very important and that will look different for different people. Um, but yeah, it is definitely when you've got that faith, you have hope that um is not there without it. In the absence of faith, hope just cannot well not necessarily cannot prevail but it's much you when you're doing everything in your own strength it's much more difficult than um when you have your faith so thank you very much for sharing that okay what do you suggest you've contended with this enormous issue of being confronted with your children um almost being taken away from you And there are many women who have had that experience of having their children taken away from them unfairly. What do you suggest women do to make their children feel safe and secure through all the instability they are going through with a narcissistic parent doing their utmost to destroy any semblance of peace? But also, in your situation, you know, the same thing applies when it comes to an exterior um, body you know stepping in and interfering with your parenting or taking away your role as a parent or threatening to take that away what tips do you have to get through that with your children because the children whatever you're experiencing your children are experiencing and um, and as a parent, all you want to do is protect your children from those types of things. So what advice do you have regarding that, Heidi?
1: I love this question because it's so special to my heart. You know, when I think about, um, I wanted to be a mom so bad, like my whole entire life, And I went 12 and a half years in my marriage without children. And I was um, dealing with infertility. So I had to go through infertility treatments for five years. And finally, I was able to conceive through through insemination. That's the reason why I have my twins. And so the things that I, I stay true to is the foundation of being a mom and also traditions. So my girls both know as they were growing up and and through this process that life was not easy, but that I had stayed consistent with things like we always took a bath at the same time. We had dinner at the same time. I would always tuck them in and we would always say uh, say the uh, bedtime stories, the same stories. I would sing them a little bedtime song. And I would um, also greet them off the bus. And we had a little song that we would do off the bus. And and it was just a little cute little song that I kind of um, made up. It kind of, it goes like this. Oh, huggy time, 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 huggy time. And then I would bend them over and kiss them a million times Huggy time, huggy time, huggy time. And that was I love it. every day. Every day. <laughs> those are the traditions that I held tight to. And those are the things that my girls know. And every single night, I played lullabies on my piano. So when times were tough, we knew that we could go back and remember the wonderful times that mom was playing the piano or singing or whatever have you and having dinner and making Easter special or whatever holidays it was, even if it wasn't on the day, um, I still made it special if um, even if they weren't able to be with me. Those are the things, if you can think about it, that you stand true. And those are the traditions that the children will remember. I hear so many mothers get that get sad because they have no money, because the dad had all the money and they're the Disney dad. They're taking them on trips and buying them very expensive gifts and toys or have a very expensive house and you're left with a little apartment. But those children will not remember that expensive gift when they're older. They'll only remember the little huggy time song that you sing them. And those traditions are something that you can hold on to and they don't cost anything
0: I can totally relate to that and I've I had a, a song too that um, I sang to my children at um, at bedtime often and um, and and it stuck with them they you know my kids are teenagers now but a few Um, years ago I was only a couple of years ago my daughter she's a a beautiful artist and she did me she made me a handmade hand-drawn birthday card and it had the elements of the song in it Um, and it was just gorgeous because it just showed how much that song really meant to her and It really made me feel just wonderful because there were many, many moments along the way where what you expressed about not having the money to shower your children with The things that you would like to do in terms of lifestyle um, that I definitely felt you know bad for not being able to provide those things for my children I always provided them with all their basic needs they never went without but just having that ability to splurge and you know pay for an expensive holiday or do those things was beyond me and I did feel the pain of that so I relate to what you said when you said that and I know that many other women will relate to that too but it's not the be all and end all as you say the most important thing is what you can give your children in terms of your love for showing them your love and and doing things like having that routine that is it's just so important isn't it to have have structure yes. for them yes. because then they that helps to make them feel safe and secure because they've got things in their life which they know that that is just part of their day and that to them equals security so yeah so all of those tips are just absolutely fantastic where would we be without our children
1: Mm,
0: last yeah such a gift all right, we're moving into a time of the year which can be fraught with stress for children where the joy of the festive season is often destroyed by narcissistic behaviour. It is often a high alert time for women where they are afraid for their safety and the safety of their children. What advice do you have to help um, help women navigate what should be a festive, joyous time of the year, but is often a highly volatile, highly um, anxious time of the year for them.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I think that you know there can be um, a highly anxious time any time of the year with a narcissist, when you're dealing with a narcissist, but especially during the holidays, it can get really, really dicey. Um, I would say if you don't have a parenting plan, that's like finite detailed out. Um, that can cause a lot of issues where there's a lot of grayness in terms of where the children are going and when they're getting picked up and when they're getting dropped off. I knew that going into scheduling my parenting time, so I didn't have an ounce of, you know, uh, time to waver at all. I knew that, and that was one of the things that I would recommend to everybody: is have it dialed down. 24 hours, where are they gonna be? Um, But if you don't have that, I would say uh, try to keep the communication to a minimum as much as you possibly can. And um, if the holiday schedule is not identified just yet, um, keep the communication very, very short and brief and not long. And um, I would say, any kind of other conflicts that might may, may be surrounded with, you know, children's clothes going back and forth or toys going back and forth, um, just try to minimize the conflict as much as you possibly can, even though he may be trying to cause things, which again, that's the trauma bond. He's going to make things escalated as much as he possibly can. Um, so we have to take the high road. And try to reduce that conflict as much as we possibly can during that time. And if your children are not with you on the specific day that um, the world is celebrating a holiday, doesn't mean that that's the same day that you have to celebrate it. You know, um, you know for example, Christmas happens to be either the 25th for those that celebrate Christmas, but Christmas doesn't have to be on the 25th. It can be on the 18th and you can have your tree up and you can celebrate that. And you can pretend Santa Claus came early Um, and children would be just fine with that because they're really imaginative uh, little brains and minds. And Mm. I think they would think that'd be kind of cute if you did it early anyway. Um, So I I really think that um, the way to keep um, the peace is just by taking the high road with that communication as it might come up and be uh, high conflict
0: that's great advice and I like that you talked about the children too and what the how adaptable children are it is very very challenging to be in a creative space as a parent when you're in an anxious state And I think that um, having somewhere to turn to look for outside of yourself instead of perhaps expecting yourself to know all the answers to how to provide your children with this creative idea that you can't come up with on your own because you're just too, overwhelmed by the anxieties of what you're dealing with at that time is to maybe use an outside um, source to tap into for information I'm going to give Pinterest a plug because I just um, Pinterest is a really good resource I think for finding Answers to all sorts of like quirky questions in life, and they do have a lot of information in terms of like creative ideas for for parenting. And um, I think you could probably throw a question like that at, at Pinterest about you know creative ideas for Christmas when you can't do Christmas on Christmas Day, and there'll probably be something there to give you some tips and ideas about things that you could do. So. All I'm saying, I guess, is don't feel as though you have to have the answers for everything because you just can't possibly have the answers for everything all of the time. And this is a reason why to get the help and support that we need, we need to go outside of ourselves. So to when when you're dealing with a problem like narcissistic relationships, the reason why it escalates is because it's so difficult to break away from that cycle. And so to help women, to facilitate them being able to break free from the cycle, it's really essential to seek support to to do that. And um, it's not saying that you'll need to turn to other people invariably for the rest of your days it just means for that time while things have been taken out of your control or not everything is in your control at that time that it's good to and essential to actually seek support from other sources to help you navigate that and that I guess leads me Heidi to the the work that you're doing is essentially to be a support person for women as they go through this very complex, harrowing time of litigation and working out custody issues. I wanted to tell you about a little competition I am running at the moment to hopefully put a bit more sparkle in your day and help you feel special and valued Every girl deserves a bit of sparkle power. So once a month, I am giving away a gorgeous tiara to one lucky listener. Here's what you need to do to go into the draw. Just write a review on your favourite podcast app, paste it onto your Facebook stories and tag me, Sandy Johnston. All the details for the competition and a picture of a few of the beautiful tiaras I will be giving away will be included in the episode notes. So check out the episode notes to help you get into the draw for this competition. Your reviews help other women find the podcast more easily, which means the absolute world to me. Okay, now back to today's episode. And so would you like to talk about, you know, the work, what, what you actually offer in the work that you do and how women can find you if they would like to work with you?
1: Yes. Thank you, Sandy. I really appreciate that. You know, there's a lot of different things that go into needing help. Uh, One thing uh, specifically is maybe you just have one um, area that you need uh, assistance for and you really just need to know what this process is about. For an example, if you're going through a custody evaluation and you don't know what this is about, how to expect that this is going to turn out, what are they going to ask you for, you're, you want some information, and that would be a one time consulting that I would be able to help you and give you all the insights and information that you could expect in a consult, uh, custody battle or a custody uh, consultation. The next thing is maybe you're having difficulties in communicating with your um, soon-to-be partner or or ex-husband and you're just just too trauma bonded. You don't know how to write the communications without just being really angry that maybe you need somebody to help you kind of soften the tone and the response on that. Um, I do help people in the communication on that as well. Um, In addition, if you're dealing with you know, um, as a pro se litigant or representing yourself and you need to file some documents. Um, I definitely am very, very familiar with that. I know the statutes up and down my arm in the state of Minnesota. If you're coming from that area, I can help you. uh, Like there's nobody's business in writing motions and helping you um, as a pro se litigant. Outside of the state of Minnesota, I can provide resources to help you as a pro se litigant. And, And then lastly, if you just want ongoing coaching to help you through a process because maybe you're already kind of through the the gist of it maybe the darkness in the valley and now you're kind of climbing out and you maybe you're getting um, looking at the mountains and you're saying i want to climb that and i want to see what life has for me on the outside and really put some strategies and goals in place um, then you really need to resource up and get yourself a coach so that You can help um, take your gifts and talents and be the best you and go out and just kill it with who you are and uh, what you want to do and what you want to accomplish in your life. This is your life and new things and new journeys. And there's no looking back now and, and having all of the new opportunities in front of you and everything that was disgusting and horrible and horrific behind you. So that's what a coach does really helps you uh, think through some of the goals and objectives that you want to accomplish in life and gets you to start thinking a little bit differently.
0: Fantastic yeah it sounds and- as though you've got many many things to offer and um, you are an example of uh, somebody who has used their experience with going through some very complex and harrowing times to then say well i know how to navigate this and i can help you navigate this too so that you know i can help you avoid some of the pitfalls that i was faced with because i've got the experience to navigate that now so there there is a lot of strength that comes out of these experiences for women and that can be your light at the end of the tunnel to when you're wondering why what good can come of this situation that is some of the good that can come of this situation that you are going to have so many resources and so much knowledge that will help other people who are going through similar things to what you're going through so I applaud you Heidi for um for using your skills and experience from what you've been through to now help women in this area and this area of litigation and um, particularly when it comes to child custody is such an important area and uh, and I don't know that there are too many people working in that particular area because it's such a, a complex area to work in, but I know that it would be so beneficial to women to be receiving support through through that process and help them to avoid some pitfalls of which there can be many as you you try and navigate the the legal system so um and just that we started off with talking about a woman's rights and um and when you start going through this process that you know we're often very unfamiliar with what our actual legal rights are, and um, even for somebody to have be able to turn to you in that very early stage to say, "This is what I'm facing. Can you help me to know what my rights are as I go through this process and talk to lawyers and seek support that?" would just make such a world of difference just from the get-go to know what your rights are in as you go through um the legal legal process okay so could you just touch on what are some tips which have helped you through some of your toughest times
1: um let's see tips to help me through the toughest times well um because i'm a singing coach the A little story behind that is during the time that I was selling my family home, I needed somebody to help take care of my dog while I was trying to sell it. And I met a neighbor that was going to this church down the road, and she invited me to go to her church. And and then from there, she invited me to join their choir. So that was a ministry that I was able to do that really helped gain um, a lot of peace in my life because it's something that I know is my anchor. It's my solid um, rock to turn to. And for you, maybe it's doing yoga. For you, maybe it's um, dance. Um, maybe it's running or exercise or you know taking your dog for a walk. Maybe it is um, biking or doing any kind of a, an exercise. Uh, for me, it was music and it's always been my foundation, which is why I always add songs and singing, incorporating that into my coaching business. And Sandy, I was just going to tell you how people can get in touch with me because I please forgot please. to mention that. Um, I do have a website up. It is Heidi Carlson You can reach me on my website. I do have a free resource out there. For those that are going through um, trial and, and uh, legal discovery for financial assets, a free asset for you. Um, or my email, it's Heidi, H E I D I Carlson at Heidi, Coach, Heidi Carlson Coaching dot That's my email. You can reach me there too. I also have a Facebook group, and that is Heidi Carlson Coaching. Fantastic. So you can meet, reach me on, on Facebook.
0: Fantastic. And I will, of course, include all of those links in the episode notes for anybody who didn't quite pick up on that just listening to the interview. You can actually reference the episode notes and all of that information will be there for you to find Heidi if you would like to connect with her and do some work with her. So Heidi, thank you so much. And for the final question, because the this podcast is the Tiaras, Tears, and Triumphs podcast. What does this title mean to you as a woman?
1: Well, I thought about that because um, it's one of the things that I've been asking client asking coach uh, as I've been coaching, and that is, you know, when you're taking your when you've got your boxing gloves on, because you're in the battle of your life. You take your boxing gloves off. What if you took your boxing gloves off and all of a sudden you put your tiara on and now you become the princess, the girl or the lady that God has created you to be. So that's really what it means to me is the boxing gloves are off, the tiara is on, and now I am walking through life with joy, with peace and comfort knowing that I can be the princess that God created me to be.
0: That's beautiful. Really gorgeous. Thank you so much, Heidi. I have loved having you on the podcast. I wish you every success with the work that you're doing and I hope that we will speak again.
1: Absolutely. I've enjoyed it. Thank you, Sandy, for having me on.
0: Thanks for tuning in to today's interview with Heidi Carlson to talk about ways in which to work through custody issues. It's such an important topic and I really hope that you've gotten some really helpful information out of this chat with Heidi. I just want to leave you with the top 10 takeaways from today's show. Number one, have an attorney who has experience with narcissistic relationships and domestic violence. Number two, stay in the family home if possible for stability during a custody dispute and or a property settlement. Number three, if you are feeling immediate danger, call emergency services. Having them involved will help you to have a record of events. Number four, having recorded information of incidents and patterns of abuse help to support your case. Number five, if an attorney is going to charge for an initial consultation, move on and find another attorney. Number six, To help you reduce stress from negotiations, request that all communication go via email and only check email every 24 hours. Number seven, to help reduce the feeling of overwhelm, turn off all notifications as it trauma bonds you. Number eight, get a good therapist to work through the trauma. Number nine, If you can, abstain from alcohol and other substance use as it compounds the depressive feelings that you may be experiencing and doesn't do anything to fix the problems. Number 10, have as many set plans in place as possible to minimize conflict. Right, they're the top 10 tips but there are tons more in this interview so please go back and listen to it as many times as you feel you need to to extract any helpful information out and just for something different because um, Heidi just caught me in a moment where I felt really comfortable to share my love of singing in our wind up of our conversation after the interview uh, I happen to um just sing a little line from a little spiritual song, so I'll just leave you with that and send you all my love. Stay well and stay safe. I love that you talked about your choir too, because it's really important to to get something joyful in your life, isn't it? really, really important? Yeah, so you love you play the piano and you sing. I love that.
1: I do. I do. I play the piano and I sing. And it's just, you know, it's just one of those things that just brings me so much joy. It's, you know, sometimes people go, well, I'm going to do yoga to relax.
0: Yeah. Or,
1: you know, I'm just going to read or, you know, whatever it is that they do to relax. For me, I can just escape as if I'm in a forest looking at amazing things. Um, That's how I feel when I'm playing the piano.
0: Yeah. it's Music has this other element to it where it really nurtures our heart and our soul because it resonates so deeply, I think. And I'm really Mm -hmm. attuned to that too. And um, I've repartnered, I'm uh, married again, and I'm married to a really lovely man <laughs> he's amazing I hope that for
1: me someday
0: yeah it, it's possible I've, I was beginning to give up hope but um, I bumped into him in a really unexpected place in the local supermarket because I was never going to do online dating <laughs> and um, and yeah we've got a, a lovely relationship but we we mm. make music together he he plays piano and and i sing so yeah we really enjoy connecting in that way but Sandy, uh,
1: what do you sing you should sing something for me
0: uh all right well sing as I'll, I'll sing something of faith what a friend we have in jesus all our sins and griefs to bear what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer.
1: Oh, Sandy, you're so sweet voice. I love it. That's really, really precious. And the two of you should make an album together. <laughs>
0: We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another, and if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show Stay safe, Sandy.